Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, New Year 2021 edition, the first ever podcast of the year for me and Rich Hill. Rich, hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good holiday and happy new year. Oh yeah, happy new year. Uh, really excited to turn the calendar into 2021 uh, and put this ridiculous, awful, terrible, no good, very bad 2020 NFL season into the rear view. This Patriots team, uh, I don't know about you, Alec. I've been watching them for the, you know, I mean, obviously the whole year, but the past like four or five weeks have just kind of been a groundhog's day of, uh, yeah, they're, nope, they're not that good. <laughs> it's been pretty disappointing week in week out and like you you knew what was going to happen at the end of the day with this team um and I, honestly i uh, i'm ready for it to be over <laughs> yeah um listen man like it, it's, a, it's been a very hard year to kind of write about and break down this team not because they're losing I'm, I'm happy to root for them in a losing season but i feel like every season every week excuse me i'm just writing the same thing over and over again they can't throw the ball the running game is good but their defense has no respect for the passing game so they eventually stack the box they don't adjust to the adjustments, and they get blown out. And then once in a while, they'll up, they'll come out of nowhere uh, and beat the Chargers 45 to nothing. Uh, it's just been kind of a wash, rinse, repeat season. One we all kind of knew was going to happen eventually at some point, but I never really thought it happening this way. Glad to finally close this down against the Jets at home this Sunday at 1 p.m. Before we get to that game, Rich, uh, for what it's worth, let's go around the league. Week 17, last week of the a regular season, a lot of playoff spots are still up for grabs. Uh, I don't know about you, but to completely divert from the AFC for a second, I don't think I've ever been more excited for a Giants-Cowboys matchup than I am on this <laughs> Sunday because potentially with a Giants win and an Eagles win, the Giants take the NFC East with a 6-10 and 10 record, and I love that. That would be honestly the most 2020 thing that could happen. If the Giants win at 6-10 and 10, and then they just steamroll their way through the <laughs> NFC playoffs. I mean, you, you look at the the teams right there. The, the Packers are have lost their left tackle, David Bakhtiari, for it with a torn ACL. The Saints, are they even really that good i'm not fully sure about that and then everyone else in the nfc is eminently beatable if things go wacky uh and and you know this is a year for things going wacky <laughs> and like honestly i mean looking at the the sunday night game which is that washington versus philadelphia game jalen hurts i would not be shocked if he led them to victory over over the washington football team because uh the washington football team is a total disaster at the quarterback position 
No, they are. I mean, again, it's a, you're right. It's a very fitting end to the season for the last game of the entire 2020 season to potentially determine a 6-10 and 10 division champion. Uh, you could not script a better 2020 than that. However, this is an AFC podcast. The AFC East is locked up in terms of the seeding. The Bills have taken the top position in the AFC East. They're still the two-seed on the line, potentially, depending on the Steelers-Browns game. But Dolphins-Bills at 1 p.m. is one, probably one of the better games on the slate this week. Yeah, totally. I mean, especially because the Bills are definitely playing to have that number two seed uh, to try and get as much home field advantage as they can uh, because they hold the head-to-head tiebreaker against the Steelers, who seem to be conceding the game against the Browns just because it seems like they're going to be resting a lot of their key personnel uh, and just try and recover and settle into that third seed. Uh, so the the Dolphins have everything to play for. The Bills have a desire to win the game. So Looking up and down the schedule, this might be the only game remaining where both teams really are trying to win. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the Ravens. The Ravens have to beat the Bengals, I believe, to clinch a wild card spot. The Colts need a win and some help. The Titans are, are well locked in. It's going to be an interesting couple of couple of games across the AFC. Um, Dolphins and Bills, who would have thought that after all these years, that is the key AFC East matchup of the season. It was usually Patriots and Whoever was pretending to try and compete for the Patriots, the Patriots dominated the division. I'm going to watch a lot of the games probably on Sunday because I have nothing else to do. But uh, overall, man, I don't know. I feel like this whole season has been kind of a bust. And what a bustier way to end the season than a meaningless Patriots-Jets game at home. Now, usually when the <laughs> Patriots play the Jets at home in Week 17, it's because they're 13-2 and two at that point, and they've already locked up their playoff bye or whatever it is. But this is a Jets team that has locked up the number two overall draft pick. A win or a loss has not moved them up and down the draft board at all. And the Patriots, who are currently picking 14th in the draft, can maybe move up if a lot of things go their way. But that thing would have to be including a loss to the New York Jets and uh, you know what, Rich? At one point, uh, I would have said there's just no way they lose to this Jets team. But based on how they played the past couple of weeks and how the Jets have played the past couple of weeks, this game may be closer than anyone thought they might be. Yeah, totally. I remember that the Patriots almost lost to the Jets back in Week 9, right? It was a very close game. The Patriots' defense was just terrible against this Jets team, uh, allowed 160 rushing yards, 275 through the air. It was the Jets' best offensive performance of the entire season. And if not for, you know, the Patriots having positive corresponding plays while they were on offense, you know, that could have been and probably was the closest the Jets came to winning a game all year uh, until the past two weeks. And right now the Jets are riding a two-game winning streak. The Patriots are riding a three-game losing streak. Uh, honestly, this is a recipe in my head. Uh, the Patriots could very well lose this. They they have one of the worst offenses in the league. They're obviously a bottom five offense. The Jets have the very worst offense in the league. Uh, and so this is a perfect scenario where we could be looking at a 12 to 10 score late in the fourth quarter where the you know whoever has the ball last kicks the field goal to secure the win. I 100% see that possibly happening. I think Sam Darnold has a lot to play for. I know there was a lot of talk in New York about Trevor Lawrence and usurping Sam Darnold as the starter there. So maybe he wants to prove he can still be the Jets starting quarterback and a quote unquote signature win over the Patriots at Gillette might be a nice cap for that. Uh, the Jets have nothing to play for from a draft perspective. And from a pride perspective, those are guys that want to win. They want to, to be a division rival. Patriots, however, they have nothing to play for but pride for the most point. Uh, I imagine that Cam Newton wants to go out on a high point. He's been, to his credit, has been fantastic at taking responsibility and accountability for his play. 
He's been a very much a, a locker room guy, a media friendly guy. He's never shied away from his struggles. Maybe this is his chance to get some kind of redemption, but I'm with you, man. Other than a competent running game, that is literally all the Patriots offense brings to the table. If they <laughs> ever find themselves in like a third, like a third and seven or beyond, they're probably going to punt. Uh, if they get the ball inside the red zone, they have no red zone threat, no ability to score. And so it's going to be the Nick Folk show. So I guess, uh, is there anything besides run the ball that you're going to do on offense to tackle this Jets defense, or is it just run the ball, as it always is every week? Yeah, I mean, well, we have to remember Jacoby Myers had 12 catches for 169 yards against the Jets last time. I expect them to do the same thing, and I expect the Jets to correspond with their, uh, you know, whatever teams have been doing against the Patriots, which is single out who their top receiver is and then force Cam to win with the other players, who obviously he cannot. Uh, and, and so... I think Myers, who's going to be my X factor this week, uh, will get the opportunities early in the game to try and replicate the success that he had last year or uh, last time these two teams faced off. But if he's unable to break free, I can see this Patriots offense unraveling pretty quickly and moving as far away from the passing attack as they can and just leaning on to Sony Michelle, who has been running pretty well as of late. Uh, even though the Jets have a very good run defense, uh, you know, Quinn and Williams is very good up the gut. Uh, they have some some, uh, you know, talented players on the front of their defense. Uh, but I, I mean, honestly, this is going to be a slug it out game and I wouldn't be shocked if Bill Belichick approached it kind of like late in 2015 when the cupboard was just bare from a skill player position and there's just been injuries everywhere. And at, you know, at that point, New England was just trying to limp into the playoffs without any more injuries. This was the Steven Jackson year. I can see the same sort of thing where the Patriots say, you know what, let's just run out the clock for the rest of the year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Uh, I'm going to kind of stick with a similar uh, vein. I, actually, I know it's a weird X Factor to pick, but I think Cam Newton's my X Factor. Uh, this is probably, we can talk about it maybe next week and into the offseason, this is probably his last game as a Patriots starter. Maybe they bring him back in a backup capacity on another one-year deal. I don't know. It's too early to talk about that. But I feel like Cam Newton needs a win. Uh, not like on the, like a, a game score win, but he needs like a win for him. He needs to show some pride, some ability to display to the world. He's still got it in some capacity. Uh, I imagine he's going to take that opportunity and hopefully run with it. Uh, I think he'll have a big day on the run, on the ground. I think him, Cam Newton scrambles for some, some big yards will happen. And I just want to see out of him one more, one more touchdown pass. Uh, we'll get the six touchdown passes on the year oh, and God. 10 interceptions on the year, which is the same record the Patriots would have overall if they lose this game. So maybe he can at least match um, – maybe, maybe he can match their, their win total. Maybe get the seven touchdown passes. That would be a nice thing to have. Seven wins, seven TD passes on the year. What a ridiculous thing I just said, Rich. What the hell is wrong with this team? <laughs> That's unbelievable. I want to know what the the record is for fewest touchdown passes for any quarterback who has 15 starts. I need to know what that is uh, because that's just so bad. That's so embarrassing that the Patriots just have not been able to uh, get anything going on their passing game to the extent where teams don't even have to try to defend the pass in the red zone. There's just not a threat there. Uh, the Patriots have just been terrible at finishing drives. Uh, I imagine that that'll continue against a Jets team. Um, but correspondingly, looking at the other side of the ball, Patriots defense they have a lot to play for, right? I mean, they're definitely going to be missing some players. Josh Uche was just placed on the injured reserve, but Gilmore has been there. This is a very much a weakened defense. It's no longer the personnel that was top five defense earlier in the year. Uh, they're kind of piecing things together just to get over that finish line, getting some players that typically wouldn't get that much experience out there, some more playing time. 
What is going to happen between this Patriots defense and this Jets offense? Well, if you look at what uh, Josh Allen did to the Patriots defense last week against the Buffalo Bills, <clears throat> Sam Donald's not in the same league as Josh Allen, but they're similar in that they are mobile. They're good when they roll to their right. They throw a nice deep ball. And Josh Allen completely just carved the Patriots up. Uh, I saw no adjustments. I saw no real ability to contain him inside the pocket. Uh, so I imagine there's going to hopefully be some kind of shift away from that to try to keep Sam Donald in the pocket. Uh, the Jets aren't a good offense in any capacity. Uh, are they stronger in the run game, the passing game? Maybe a little bit, but it's a negligible difference. And I, I guess what you want to do is is take away their number one weapon, which is Braxton Berrios, Jamison Crowder. I, I, I couldn't even tell you who the most dangerous Jets player on this field is. It's not besides Sam Darnold. And without Stephon Gilmore, I imagine you're going to put J.C. Jackson on Crowder. That's probably my matchup. And maybe Jonathan Jones on, on Berrios. But the fact that this is our matchup, Berrios, who's a practice squad reject, is now kind of a threat to, to take the Patriots down, is pretty remarkable. So maybe the real way to do it is, why not just send the house on a lot of blitzes, uh, confuse Sam Darnold with some pre-snap reads, get a lot of pressure on him, get him off his mark, force some early picks, and, and lean on the ground game on the other side of the ball to hopefully get this game over as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, obviously what the Patriots cannot afford to do is allow the Jets to have any semblance of a rushing attack because, as we've seen, the Patriots' run defense is just one of the worst in the entire league. Uh, it's embarrassing just how easily they've been rolled over when they've been playing on defense. So uh, it would be lovely to see Frank Gore going out with a bang or something like that for the Jets, um, but honestly, I, I think that this is going to be a close game. I do think that the Patriots match up favorably when comparing uh, the Jets' offensive skill players against the Patriots' def uh, defensive skill players. I would personally put Jason McCourty against Jamison Crowder. Uh, I, I think that is the, the matchup that is most favorable. And then you would put J.C. Jackson against Brashad uh, Perryman, who's their deep threat. Uh, and then they have Berrios coming out of the slot. And so the Patriots can obviously make some adjustments there. Um, but this is not a great offensive skill group for the Jets. They don't have anyone that they really rely on. Uh, and honestly, they probably are going to go out there and spread the ball. It's, the Patriots, I imagine, are going to play a lot of zone because there isn't that singular player that carries the offense outside of Jamison Crowder. Every other player is likely to get, you know, three to five targets because they spread the ball out because they don't have that dominant player. So New England's going to have to do their best to contain all of those players. Are they up to the task? Honestly, <laughs> Can my defensive X factor be the Patriots offense? Because if the Patriots offense is unable to score any points, then this defense is not going to be able to separate themselves from this Jets team. And then the Jets are going to be able to continue to run the ball and will likely have success doing that and keep this ball game. What the Patriots defense needs in order to have a good game is for the offense to get a two score lead. And if they're able to do that, then I think the Patriots can win this one walking away. Uh, I think I'm going to cheat again and use my defensive X factor for maybe the second or third week in 2020 uh, as, as the punt unit. Um, pin the ball deep, force really, really long drives. Although that, that said, I can think off the top of my head like five 90-plus yard drives have given up no problem where the defense, the offense didn't need a third down to get down the field. So maybe I'm jinxing them, but I'm sticking with the punt unit. It's still their best unit on the field, the special team. So I'm lumping in defense special teams together. You can do it in fantasy football, so I'm doing it here. Uh, maybe another big day from Jake Bailey, get a nice turn from Gunner, and maybe that'll set up that two-score lead we're talking about. But yeah, man, this should be a, pr a pretty ugly game. Uh, if you're still around watching, good for you. We are the diehards. We are riding 
ride or die with the Patriots. We're in it to win it or to lose it, as it were. Uh, speaking of losing it, Rich, I have basically just been picking the opposite of you on the predictions every single week just to get this over with. Uh, you've been right every single time, so let's just keep it up. I'm going to pick the opposite team to win, whoever you pick, so you're probably going to win out because I think I know who you're going to pick. But last one, Rich, Jets, Patriots, who you got? <laughs> um, you know what? I, I, in the spirit of what we've been doing the past few weeks, I'm going to go with the Jets on this one. Uh, I, I've picked the Patriots to lose the past three games. It's played out that way. This Patriots offense is honestly just in review one of the worst offenses I've seen for New England since Bill Belichick has taken over I mean they they have put up 24 points over the past three games combined that is a just shocking figure and these are not good defenses they're fine defenses they're not good defenses and this Patriots team is going to be playing against a bad defense of the Jets but also Cam Newton has just been shockingly bad as of late, there's no one emerging with the Patriots on offense. It seems like they used up all of their juice against this Chargers team. But even dating before then, you know, going back to the the Ravens game, uh, you know, since they last played the Jets, even beforehand, this offense has really struggled to put up more than 23 points over the course of the year. Uh, and, and so I, I imagine they're going to have similar difficulties. I think that this Jets team has been putting up a lot of fight, uh, and this Patriots team has not. And so that's why I'm going to go with the Jets here. I think the Jets have a lot more pride at this point in the season, to to be quite honest. Uh, and I'm going to pick the Jets to win this one, 23-20. All right. Rich picks the Jets to win. That means I get the Patriots to win. All right, I'll take it. One last pick for the Patriots on the way out the door. Uh, I think Patriots take this one 17-10. Cam Newton rushes for one. Sony Michelle rushes for one. And they get a Nick Folk field goal to win it out. So no more TD passes for Cam Newton, in my opinion. But a win's a win, a maybe positive way to end the season. And in spite of the fact that a loss to the Jets, along with other things happening around the league, could bump up the Patriots a few draft spots, I just can't ever in good conscience as a Patriots fan root for the Jets to beat New England at home. So Patriots 17, Jets 10 here. Yeah, no, I mean, this is going to be a close game, even if it's an ugly one, uh, and it could honestly come down to whoever has the ball last. And as you said at the top of the this podcast, Alec, this is this game doesn't matter. This doesn't matter for the Jets, whether they win or lose. The Patriots are out of the postseason, so if they win, you know what? Maybe they'll be picking in the, the middle of the first round. If they lose and some other things go their way, they could be picking at the end of the top ten. So, I mean, if I'm the Patriots, you're playing for pride at this point. I don't think they have much left after how they've performed the last three weeks, which has just been truly embarrassing. So this is going to be a, a really sad limp to the finish line here um but I, I don't think it's too early to turn our focus to 2021 and so alec as, as we're closing out uh you know the 2020 season turning towards our very first podcast of 2021 look at how the patriots approach this 2020 season what is one major lesson for how the patriots either constructed their team or uh, decided and strategized how they would play on offense that gives them a huge lesson that they can apply to next season so they can be much better? That's a good question, Rich. <clears throat> it's a tough one to answer, given the opt-outs, the coronavirus, the players that had coronavirus during the season, limited practices, signing Cam Newton kind of last minute, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always a big grain of salt. You take anything within 2020. But I think going into the season, before the whole COVID thing blew up, I think everyone thought they were going to ride with Stidham. They were going to go bigger. 
they were going to get run heavy, be kind of a ball control, old school Patriots, early 21st, early 21st century Patriots team that didn't rely on the quarterback as much as they relied on Tom Brady to manufacture wins for them. And what we saw is when they did that, they had virtually zero backup plan. And this is the first year I've ever seen Bill Belichick not able to adjust on the fly and do a game plan specific week to week offensive and defensive strategy. Whether that's personnel or poor planning or inability to practice, whatever the case may be, uh, I think this, if nothing else, is a return to your roots kind of season. Realize that no one player is bigger than the team. Building a team based on strengths and weaknesses and not just kind of throwing guys out there. So I'd love to see this kind of be, again, I don't want to knock Bill Belichick too much because he had no cap space. He had a ton of opt-outs. He had a very limited offseason. So there's really a lot of grains of salt to take this whole season with. And it all could be an anomaly for all we know. They could be back in, at 12-4 and four next season with a, with a full offseason and a good draft pick and whatever. But I think this season showed that they had no kind of backup plan at any point, And they were really hamstrung by a lack of personnel which is very uncharacteristic of Bill Belichick team. So maybe he'll realize that his roots are better off being what he was earlier on in the season, in the year without an all-world quarterback, and he can realize that he can, has to kind of rediscover, okay, I can't rely on my quarterback as much and my offense as much. i got to do what I do best, and hopefully Belichick gets back to that. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense. And if you talk about what happened with all of the opt-outs and how that affected this year and how they weren't able to do that same sort of game plan offense or defense like they've been able to do in the past, I mean, quite frankly, Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung are the two most important players on this Patriots defense with regards to how they're able to be flexible when they're on defense, right? With Patrick Chung's ability to play safety, linebacker, and slot allowed New England to keep the same personnel on the field to play some mismatches. And yes, Adrian Phillips has done an admirable job, but he's been asked to play a lot more linebacker than Patrick Chung ever had to because Hightower hasn't been available, and so New England hasn't had any linebacker depth. And, and that's where I would turn my focus. That's the big lesson. And this is something that has always been true for a Bill Belichick team, is that this defense is only as good as their linebackers, and they just went into the season without any depth at the linebacker spot, and linebackers can make up a lot for however inflexible or unproductive their defensive front line is, and I think that there is talent up front. They just haven't had players at that second level able to clean up, and that's why opposing teams have been able to run at will against them. And so wherever the Patriots pick in the first round, I wouldn't be upset if they chose the best linebacker in the draft because those are 100% snap players. Those are players that don't come off the field, and those are players that allow a Bill Belichick defense to play Bill Belichick-style football, and that allows them to play great football. Uh, and, and similarly, on the other side of the field, the cupboard was just absolutely bare at the skill player position for the receivers and the tight ends. And no matter who was at center center, this offense was not going to be successful uh, with the players that they were throwing at. It's been pretty sad to see how Nikhil Harry has not developed this year. I think Bird and Myers are good pieces that you want to bring forward, and then there's been unfortunate injuries to all of the Patriots' tight ends, so they haven't been able to develop. I think you just have to recognize that of the players on this Patriots roster— Heading into 2021, there is nothing preventing the Patriots from spending all of their cap space. You know, they have the fourth most cap space in the entire league on some of these blue chip receivers and tight ends that could become available. So they don't have that same issue this year. Yeah, well, 
the good news or the bad news is we have about an extra month and a half to break all this down uh, as, over the coming days and weeks. The final game of the season, again, is on Sunday, and then we'll be back after that to break down the win, kind of do a season retrospective before taking some time off to watch and enjoy the playoffs. But here's another big plus, Rich. I think this is going to be one of the more interesting and enjoyable off-seasons for the Patriots that we've had in a long time because – they're always picking toward the end of the draft. They're always coming into the following season with various expectations based on how they performed or didn't perform the year before. Uh, they're always expected to make a deep playoff run. Uh, I think the expectations have been recalibrated for 2021 uh, for most people. So I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting and fun things to talk about going forward. Uh, but no offense to you, I cannot wait to finish talking about this season with you. Cannot wait. <laughs> Yeah, same, Alec. Um, that's all I have for right now. Hopefully, New England can finish this one on a good note. Um, but, you know, it's hard to get super excited about the season finale when New England is absolutely out uh, for the rest of the year. So, Alec, we will break down the game after the fact and kick off what New England has to look forward to into 2021 on our next podcast. And until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. Later, man. <laughs>